Merry Christmas, everyone. I, I just want you to know I peeked out in the parking lot earlier tonight, and as I was looking out there, I, I might have had a little bit of a tear in my eye because I've had this dream of always leading a redneck church, and the parking lot is full of pickup trucks. I'm like, this is the best. And I've wanted to live by mountains, too, and I looked out. There is a mountain of snow that rivals Boyne Mountain out front. We could probably snowboard that thing later if we got enough on the parking lot. But I'm so glad, so glad that you're here tonight to worship with us because this is a night that is worthy of gathering to worship, whether we're in person or online, and I am thrilled to be here with you. Hey, I need a little help to get us started. So if you're under 10 years old, I need two people that are willing to come up here. I have a gift I would like you to unwrap in a couple questions. Anybody like to do that? 10 and under. I've got someone right next to you with a... The bow, that's a great one. How about you? With the sweatshirt on, come on over. All right, you guys can grab a seat up here. And uh, grandmas and grandpas, mom and dads, get your cameras out because you're going to want to take this, I'm sure. Um, just your name. We'll start Jocelyn. With. All right, and your name? Dominic. All right. Well, thanks. Let's thank them first for coming up here. And... A question for you guys. Um, what day is it tomorrow? Do you know? Sunday. Okay. Brilliant. Sunday we're going to gather for church. Pastor Jeremy is preaching, so you want to come back for that? That's good. What, what day do we celebrate tomorrow? Do you know? Christmas. All right. It's Christmas tomorrow. Yeah. And that's called a holiday. Do you guys know any other holidays? Can you think of another holiday that we have? Yeah. What, what do you think, Dominic? Halloween. Halloween. There's Halloween. You dress up in costumes. How about one like Easter Bunny? Can you think of that one? What would that be? Do you know? Easter. It's Easter. Perfect. Yeah. So I have a gift for you guys. And what I would like you to do, you can open it, leave the paper right there on the ground if you just pretend like you're at home and somebody else will pick it up for you. All right. And go ahead and open that up. And then I would love for you to tell me what is inside of your package there. All right. What is that? Cake. It's a cake. If you were to guess what kind of cake that is, what kind of cake would you think? Um, What's it look like? It's like yellow, but with the frosting on top, does it look like maybe something? There's another time where you get gifts and you open them probably on a, like your birthday, right? So it looks like a piece of birthday cake. Yeah, and so we celebrate somebody's birthday at this time of year. We talk about the birth of who into the world. Who came into the world this time of year? Do you know? Starts with a J. Oh, yeah, you got it. It's Jesus, yeah. You know, some people actually, they do, they will take cakes sometimes at their house some people do, and maybe you guys do, but they do a cake on this time of year so they can remember that this is about the birth of Jesus. All right, so thanks for getting us started. You guys are welcome to eat that only if your parents say it's okay. If your grandparents are here, I'd go sit with them because they always say yes to almost everything. All right, well, let's thank them for coming up here. Thank you. Yeah, so big gatherings are often around big events, and this is a pretty big one. I think about big events like 
a birthday, tends to gather some people around, or an anniversary. My grandma and grandpa, they celebrated uh, a 60th anniversary, and then their wedding anniversary, their 70th anniversary, which is pretty big, and you think, man, they must have lived a long time. They did, but they got started young way back when, and they were only 17 when they got married, and so it didn't take quite as long to hit that 70th anniversary, but still it was a great celebration of their life. And one of the biggest celebrations, obviously, is tonight. It's the night that we gather together on the eve of Christmas to think about and to remember again and to talk again about the birth of Jesus into this world. And it matters. And it made a huge impact. And that story is a story that we tell and we retell. And we've been retelling that story for 2,000 years because it is so beautiful and so powerful and so earth-life-changing. I think about the Christmas stories, and we probably, a lot of us have a, a favorite when we think about the stories of this season, whether it's like Rudolph, which... Is my favorite, and I know it's old, and some are like, what's that one? But there are others like Elf or the Polar Express or the Grinch. And each of those movies, I don't know if you've noticed, but each of those movies have within them, if you look closely enough, a goodness and a grace that's in there that points back to the original Christmas story. This story that we're talking about tonight And we know the story. We've heard it. Whether in cartoon by Linus speaking it, or one year after another, or sitting around somewhere and reading the story. And it's a story about shepherds and angels, and it's a story about birth, and it's a story about life. And and it starts with a story about something happening in the Roman world where a census was to be taken. And everybody was told they had to go to their own town. Mary and Joseph, on feet and on donkey, made their way to Bethlehem. And there in Bethlehem, there was no room in the inn. And what took place next was they found their way to a place where the birth of God actually happened because he was fully human, born to Mary and fully divine. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit, and there was the birth of of the Son of God, the Son of Mary, the Son of Joseph, wrapped in cloths, laid in a manger. And these shepherds, the lowest rung of society, these shepherds out in the field tending the sheep in the middle of the night, they're startled by an angel that begins to speak and tell them about some incredible news that wasn't just for them, but for them and for the world. And the angel spoke, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This is a story that rightly so we talk about year after year after year after two thousand years and this story it points in such a powerful way back to what was and to what will be in such a way that it has captured hearts captured minds and rescued people for thousands of years now let's read 
the story together from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Now you may be sitting here going, wait a minute, time out. Um, I told you, I told you Pastor Greg's cheese had slipped off the cracker a long time ago, right? Because he just read Easter on Christmas. That's the Easter story, not the Christmas story. And you're right. Not about the cheese part and cracker part, but you're right. You're right that that is the Easter story. But it hit me that there's never been a time in all of my my ministry, and I've preached dozens of Christmas services, there's never been a time where I've ever read the Easter story on Christmas, but there's never been a Christmas where I haven't told the Easter story. And it's because of this. This story that we're talking about tonight, this story that is so incredible, this happening on planet Earth points to what was and points to what will be in a powerful, powerful way. And Christmas, actually Christmas, without Easter, it's just a good story. Christmas without Easter, it's a beginning but not the ending. It's, it's an opening but it's not a closing. It's a something, but not the thing that we actually need. It'd be like telling a story, cool story, amazing story, that the Creator actually came into His creation. God broke into earth and visited planet earth. But if it's there and that and doesn't point to anything else or actually have something else, it's just a cool story. We have a lot of cool stories. We tell a lot of them. Like the moment when Israel was hungry and God rained down bread from heaven and they gathered up food and we like, cool story. It's just not enough. Because all it is, if all it is is that you got food for the day, it's not enough. Or we could talk about another cool story. Their backs were up against the water and the Israelite nation cried out to God because there was an onslaught about ready to happen from the largest army in the world. God opened up the waters. Amazing story. They walked through the the lake bed to freedom. Amazing story. But if that's all there is, great. They made it through for the day, but then what? And if all we have is God visited the earth, but we don't have something beyond that, we just have a story about the king of creation showed up 
among us created and hung out for a bit. That's not what it is. In fact, the angel at this moment, as we think back tonight and we think forward tonight, at this moment that we celebrate tonight, when he went with the birth announcement, he pointed forward. There's a clue in what we just read earlier, and it's right here. Do not be afraid, he said to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Of course it will. If it's for you, the lowest rung of the society, the outcasts of the society, and there's a whole sermon in among the shepherds and what we could speak about. But if it's for you, then it is definitely for all. Today in the town of David, a what? Savior. Pointing forward. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. He is Christ, which means the anointed one. He is Lord, the King of all kings. His name is Jesus, which means Savior of His people. This is rightly spoken of in the Old Testament by the prophets. They said there would be one that would be born to you. To you. Not just them, but to you. There would be one that would be born whose name would be Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Oh, yeah. This is a big story that is pointing to something more that is on the horizon. What we're talking about here tonight, really, it's a tale of two gardens. It's a tale of two gardens. There's the original garden, and then there's this garden tomb that we read about from the Easter story, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. There's... The Genesis story, the very beginning, when God created. And then there's this story over here where God's redeeming. You know, I told you that that uh, big moments actually gather big crowds. And it wasn't as large as this right here, but there was a pretty big moment here a week ago tonight. And right down this aisle came a beautiful bride on her handsome dad's arm. It's my daughter Kylie walking down here with me. And Kylie got married here, and it was amazing. I'm going to tell you, I underestimated the day. I really did. I had no idea. I had glimpses of what the day would be, but the blur of that day. And the next morning, waking up last week on Sunday morning, just going, that was Right up there were the best days of my life. And I got to share that moment with Kylie and with Kathy and with the, the friends and family that were gathered with us. And it was so beautiful to be asked, standing down here, who gives Kylie to be married to Chris? And, well, her mother, that woman, who raised her so well, she and I do. And then to take the place up here where I actually did the ceremony and And all along, I'm like, I'm going to be smiling, and I'm going to be really funny, and we're not going to cry at all. And I bawled through the whole thing. It was just a mess, but it was was so beautiful. And then the daddy-daughter dance and all of that. And so, Kylie, I sent him off. I took him to the airport last week, Sunday, and they went off to this incredible trip where they went to Switzerland, 
and skied or snowboarded the Matterhorn, and then they made their way to Italy and had pizza in Italy. I'm like, that's cool. And then they made their way over to France, and then I'll pick them up in just a couple days back from the airport again. And they've been married seven days today, seven days. I've seen the pictures. It's pretty incredible. And Kathy and I, we got married December 18. Kylie, December 17. Our anniversary is one day apart. And Kathy and I did the math. We've been married 12,789 days. That's a lot of days. And I can tell you that we've taken a lot of trips together. But it's not the Facebook stories that make our marriage. It's just not. It's not the trips. It's not the pictures. It's not all that stuff. I'll tell you what makes it. What makes it is this, that she and I have started years, actually decades ago now, we walk together. We do it in the summer, the winter, the spring, the fall. We walk together. And when the weather gets like this, um, she's from Florida, and she'll say, let the temperatures come up a little bit. But we have snowshoes that when the snow's too deep, we'll go out and we'll walk. And why do we do that? It just puts us in proximity with each other for a, a long enough time away from all the stuff that we can hang out and listen to each other and talk to each other and spend time with one another. That proximity and that space, whether it's actually taking a walk or just sitting down the house and shutting the stuff off, it puts us in a place where we get known and we're heard. And we've found that over the years, I have nothing left to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to gain here It's us with one another, fully loved and fully known. That is where it began. Only better yet, because we weren't yet tainted with sin. It was Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. No shame. Imagine that. No guilt. Imagine. Because that's all we can do is imagine, because we've all experienced shame and guilt in our life. But prior to any of that, That's what they had is no shame, no guilt, nothing to hide, no reason to hide. And there they were walking in the cool of the garden with God. And yeah, Christmas is over here, but we know what started over there. And all was great. No shame, no guilt, no pain, no death until there was. Until there was. And we know how it happened. We don't, have to, we don't have to know the story of Adam and Eve because we know our own. Everything was going well until it wasn't going well. All was great until it wasn't great. There was no mess until there was a mess. Everything was fine until it wasn't fine. There were no mistakes until they made a mistake. And when they made that mistake, when they made that conscious choice to walk away from God, it broke And you know the feeling of the break as well. I know it as well. If we've lived long enough, we felt it. We know it when something that was so beautiful, something so good and awesome, there's a, there's a wedge in between. And there's pain where there wasn't pain. And there's this ache where there was no ache. And God spoke into that. Go there with me a bit. Think about what God must have been feeling when he created them for such a beautiful relationship. Nothing to hide from. No shame, no guilt, no pain, no death. Just you and I walking in the garden with one another until a break. And God spoke. What is this? 
No. What have you done to us? I feel it. Now imagine them feeling it for the first time. They feel it. And it doesn't take much to imagine because think of your own life. Maybe something you're experiencing right now and you know it. What have you done? Where there was only life, now death has touched it. Where there's only beauty, now there's ugly. Where there was just us in harmony, I feel the disharmony, the break. And God spoke these words, almost if you can envision him saying, No, from dust you came, and now to dust you will return. This garden that was so full of life now was tainted with death. Jesus is birthed into the world precisely because of that. Because of that. Isn't that what God said through the, through the Apostle John? When he said, for God so loved the world. Why don't you say that with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. God was in a place where it's, I know I can do something about the break. I know I can do something about the pain. I know I can do something about life being snatched from people so they don't live it abundant and free. I know I can do something about death itself. I will not sit idly by when there's a break in a relationship that I can do something about. And so God so loved the world that He sent His Son into this world. That's this. It's Christmas. It looks back here, but it doesn't stop here because if it stopped there with God just showing up, It's not enough. It's not enough. And so all the way to this garden, the garden tomb, they got emptied on that Easter morning where sin was defeated, where shame was was dealt a blow, where guilt found its match, where you and I find that place where whether we've done right Or we've done wrong, and the truth is, we've done right and wrong. Whether we've been good or not good, and the truth is, we've been good and not good. Whether we've sinned or lived just righteous lives, and the truth is, we've lived both of those things and tasted both of those things. The call of this moment right here, this tale that's... Of two gardens where Christmas sits between. God looked back and he looked forward and he actually looked at you. In both of these. He wasn't looking at a story in a story. He's looking at his people. He's looking at his children. He's looking to redeem back to relationship again. So Christmas, the reason we come to celebrate is because above all else is a beautiful story that compels and calls. It is a call to us who are bitter and broken. Come. 
is a call to us with hope that is spoken. Come. It's a call to us with fear unspoken. Come. It's a call to us who are guilty and hiding. Come. It's a call to us who are in Christ abiding. Come. It is come all ye faithful and come just the same to those who are unfaithful. It's a call. The only reason we can even say that we're faithful is something that God did because over here in that garden tomb, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be faithful. We could be seen as forgiven. We could be seen without guilt and without shame. We could be seen through Christ as his righteousness. It's a call to you and to me. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. And so I, I love the idea that we stand between this, O come, all ye faithful, and come, all ye unfaithful.